0: Hello, and welcome to the second in the series of Damla Tech Talks. Uh, This one is entitled How to deliver great software in time. My name is Ian Bishop. I'm the founder and CEO of Damla. And I'm joined today by three of my colleagues, Sanda, Vicky and Victor.
1: Hi, I'm Sanda and I'm delivery manager in Damla. I'm happy to be part of this Tech Talk.
2: Hello, everyone. It's Fiki Fikrestafai, Senior Delivery Manager in the Damila. Happy to be here.
3: Uh, I'm Viktor Karevsky, Program Manager at Damila. So, pleasure being here with you all. Thank
0: you, guys. It's great to have you here, too. So, um, delivering great software on time is, is a broad subject. So we're going to be focusing on, on four main areas today uh, scope management, uh, people management, risk management, and quality as well. So, uh, Sandra, starting with you, what are the things that you try uh, to do to help you manage uh, scope in your projects?
1: Yeah, thank you. Scope management is a really important part of delivery manager's role and uh, managing the scope, uh, defining and deciding what to be excluded and what to be included in the project is really important. By managing scope creep, we are preventing to deliver what is agreed on time and within a budget and uh, to be everything according to the roadmap. So, uh, it's really important to assess the uh, uh, defined uh, changes in the scope and uh, to uh, decide and uh, make an informative decision what uh, can be included and prioritise
2: that accordingly.
0: Vicky, so scope creep, it's a a common issue in projects. How, How do you try to manage it?
2: Uh, We are trying to manage it with playing the requirements the full time and changing the order of the priorities that we have to work on. Uh, This is uh, where we are taking into consideration how much more value we can bring to our end users and how much impact it will have on our uh, delivery plan that we are having. Because it is something that you will need to juggle all the time and to see because as we are living in an agile environment, change uh, requests can be changed in every day, in every moment. So we are always trying to prioritize the things based on their importance.
0: Uh, I understand. So the prioritization is obviously key to to this. Uh, Victor, how how do you
3: tend to deal with this? Well, prioritization, uh, assuming that we are choosing more agile and adaptive approach, and that is the way that we want to tackle scope management. Prioritization comes through every iteration. Basically, we want to engage and collect feedback from our users, our stakeholders, uh, once the iteration has uh, ended, and then to incorporate that through our adaptive planning for the next iteration. So, through shorter cycle of delivering uh, smaller chunks of increments, we are uh, allowing the feedback to be generated in a faster pace and to be more adaptive in our planning. So basically we are eliminating scope creep bar, by including our stakeholders in the development process and gathering feedback more frequently.
0: So including the stakeholders in, in the process to help you to prioritize your requirements and also mm-hmm. to um, make the increments smaller. Is this something that you've uh, been practicing, Sandra?
1: Yeah, small releases is uh, something that is good to be done in order to uh, make uh, small chunks to see and receive customers' feedback, to see what is good, what can be improved, to assess that feedback and decide which will be included and which will not be included.
0: Okay, getting the feedback. Is this something you're active with, uh, Vicky, in your projects? And how do you... And how do you find the best way of getting that feedback from your customers?
2: Um, yeah, definitely we are practicing the whole of stuff because uh, getting the feedback, you are know that you are on the right path and what you are doing right or wrong or the things that you will need to change in the time. But not always the each feedback is valuable for you at the end because you have to analyze a lot of the data that you are receiving from your customers. And mostly we are planning uh, this kind of the stuff with the product people that are on our teams and trying with them to find the most suitable feedbacks and the things that can bring more value to us. And again, you are doing the prioritization of those feedbacks based on the things where you are at the, in which stage of the project you are right now and what are the needs that can be done now and when those needs can be expanded later in the project delivery cycle.
0: I guess there's always a bit of tension between product and delivery within any, any program. Is this something, Victor, that you've um, been able to manage in in the past?
3: Uh, Yeah, of course. And I would say those are really healthy discussion to have because from the delivery standpoint, we need to deliver within the given scope, schedule, standards, which is required, but for product, that's why we must not forget not just to verify that we are doing everything according to what was agreed, but also validate with the stakeholders whether those requirements still hold true, because the market is changing, the competition is changing, we have ever-changing expectations from all the stakeholders engaged in the process, so we must constantly validate from delivery standpoint what we are delivering, whether that still holds true and will bring value to our end users and to our clients. So the validation part is the most important aspect on the delivery so that we can assure not just to deliver what was in accordance to when we started, but also with the accordance to the time that currently, um, for example, if the scopes or schedule on anything has changed from product standpoint. So those tensions, so to say, are actually healthy discussions that we are constantly having.
0: Yeah. So I guess it's really critical that, that we deliver what the, the users really need mm-hmm. and we focus on those uh, requirements and prioritizations mm-hmm. and, and work together to, to get uh, the plan that works for everybody. That's really, really good. So another aspect that's really important to deliver on time is is how we manage uh, our teams, our people working on, on the projects. Vicky, can you tell us a little bit about how you go about that?
2: Yeah, sure. Um... In our everyday life, when we are listening to the podcast and every all the motivational speakers and everyone are talking about the, how people are important on the project and the stuff, and this is something that we are saying, yeah, you are right. But when you uh, have those experiences and you see that people are really important on your success, and as a delivery managers, our role is also to keep our people motivated while we are working with the almost with the best people, but. It is our job to keep them motivated, to keep them on and to have all of them understand our value that we are trying to bring to our customers and what we are trying to achieve with that product that we are building. So keeping the people motivated and trying to bring their very best own to our project is the thing that we have to put our attention as well, because we are all working on the same thing and we are trying to achieve the best results at the end.
0: Okay, so we need to keep our people motivated so they deliver for us too. So... Victor, how do do you go about helping to keep the people on your teams motivated?
3: Well, um, one of the key factors for motivation, I would say, is uh, the success, which is frankly quite addicting when you think about it. So I would say by uh, setting clear expectations of the vision, what we want to achieve, but also setting smaller chunks, let's say, Uh, checkpoints of achievements and in the very beginning when you're forming the team you can start really small for example behaviors that you want to see in the team members so that they know that they are acting in accordance to the expectations between which are being set and the achievements are lining up one after another leading to the bigger vision so basically setting clear expectations goals and achieving them that is what leads to higher motivation in my experience. Primarily, of course, there are other factors to be discussed. Sure, of course. So, setting expectations. Uh, I
0: really liked your uh, comment earlier about success is addictive, which is great, and we need to try and help our, our people and teams to be successful. How, how do you go about that, Sandra?
1: Um, well, motivating people is really important part of our job because uh, working with motivated people brings results, br- brings value, and everything. But uh, how to motivate people is uh, some something that uh, is consisted of many parts. Let's say, for example, to have the people rewarded and recognized, to to set uh, or uh, setting uh, challenging uh, tasks for them, but yet achievable, in order uh, to to have uh, to learn something new and also to grow by achieving these uh, tasks that maybe uh, are challenging, but yet achievable. Also to have transparent and open communication, to have a positive and well environment for working and also to taking care for their well-being.
0: Mm. Yes, I mean, the transparent and open communication, I guess, is really important on a project. So, Vicky, how do you go about uh, ensuring transparent and open communication within your team?
2: Yeah, uh, we are always practicing to having to, uh, to be open and to be able to give feedback, whether it is their manager or their peers that they are working, they know that uh, they are feeling safe. So when they feel safe in a safer environment, when there is no uh, blaming or fingerprinting lack like of stuff, and the people are becoming more open when they are talking about what they are talking about and what they are doing. So this is what gives them the, the feeling that they can tell everything, they can talk about everything and that they see value because it is not only about listening to them, but also showing connection that you have actually listened to them and trying to give them the opportunity to grow and to be able to speak up about themselves is making the whole process to function well.
0: Yeah, so some of the things you said that I think were really important there was having a no-blame culture, which is really important, uh, and also listening to people. So, so Victor, how how do you go about trying to
3: create a, a culture like that within your team? uh well basically primarily we are building team goals so whether i'm successful at my individual work needs to add up to whether we are successful at the team in what we want to achieve because from delivery standpoint the individual effort uh as an individual deliverables will not add up to what we want to try and deliver the end product to our customers so basically only the team effort and the team commitment is what it stands so acknowledging that by all team members will build a culture not just my piece of work to be done but how i can contribute and collaborate with the rest of the team members so that i can assure that they have also seamless experience and they deliver their own commitments so that we together as a team to strive to achieve our goal so basically the team goal is always more important than the individual effort and achievements so setting those clear expectations in the beginning can be a game changer later on when building upon the foundation of that team i really like that i mean after all the team succeeds or fails together and
0: so having the team working together to be successful together really helps reach that goal of success overall it's no good to one individual being great and delivering his or her objectives and then others not doing so but working together as a team i think is really critical to that success that's really good so um, the third topic we want to talk about and i'm coming back to you again uh, victor first of all is risk management tell us you know every project we've worked on always has lots of risks Uh, tell us how you go about managing those risks and mitigating them
3: uh, of course, uh, that's a topic which I'm constantly advocating, so I'm glad that you ask. In risk management, what I want to categorize and usually what I'm constantly repeating from delivery standpoint is once we create scope, schedule, quality standards, everything that in the planning phase, we need the bare minimum so that we can start with the development effort. After that, your success depends on successfully navigating through all the risks, whether we want to try a new technology or we have risk related towards the market, the assumptions, the requirements and everything else. So basically identifying, acknowledging those risks and building a mitigation plan to execute against them will be a definitive uh, direction whether you will achieve your goals or not and upon execution we must also try to remember because we also want to sometimes be really absolute about the risk we cannot control and manage everything but it's okay to to try our best to mitigate the risk and at least to take care of lowering down the likelihood or the impact of that risk occurring so and of course uh for the smaller risk we can always monitor because what is small risk risk now, maybe in six months will not be so small, so we can monitor the progress and everything. This sums up to the adaptive approach, because as we mentioned in the very beginning, smaller deliverables, smaller iterations will bring to more manageable risk. Long-term commitments will be prone or more heavier risk management approach and what comes with it.
0: It seems everything is interconnected here, the smaller deliverables, the risk management and so on. So Sandra, what sort of process do you tend to follow to, to help you manage risks, um, make them visible and, and manage them through the, through the process? What sort of process do you tend to follow?
1: Yeah, um, we are uh, identifying risks and uh, adding them into our risk register where we are um, I think all the mitigation plan, all the probability, severity and uh, that score that we are going to evaluate. And after that, uh, we're deciding uh, should we uh, keep an eye on that uh, risk, uh, monitor or if that risk become an event, uh, how we can handle that. So uh, regarding the risks, it's really important to have clear steps of the mitigation plan and uh, to follow them accordingly. So
0: okay. So we have a clearly defined process that we follow. That's really good. So Fiki, what sort of risks have you experienced recently on projects you've been working on?
2: Mm, yeah, um, we have a different kind of the risk, risks, and we can categorize them as a uh, product risk, designs risk. It all depends from the product type of the product that you are working on. But the ones that I am mostly struggling, let's say, are the ones that are dependency risks, and you have a different kind of dependency risk that can happen into your team can be internal or can be inter-team dependencies when your team is dependent from other teams and the key point that here when we are trying to handle that because those kind of uh, risks is the communication before before, uh, before you start doing your plan and how you are going to deliver that delivery yet that you have planned to work on that for that cycle is that uh, you have to communicate with the teams to gather their requirements or to tell them, explain to them what are your requirements from them so you can be able to somehow plan the everything that you are going to work on for that time of the period.
0: I see, yeah, I can really understand why dependency as a type of risk is perhaps the one that's most challenging as, as by definition they're things which are outside of your control. So, Victor, how do you try to, to manage dependency type risks in your projects?
3: The tricky part of it is that uh, especially when you're working on larger programs with multiple uh, teams is that each team has their own roadmap and commitment that they strive to achieve. So it's all a matter of proper scheduling and sequencing of those activities. Because if those requirements are very well known and understood, then we can communicate with the rest of the teams about their scope, how their scope is managed through their timeline and roadmap. And how we can properly sequence so that we can deliver our part without endangering the scope of the others. So it's a matter of proper sequencing and scheduling. So actually the activities which those two dependent teams are working upon are uh, contributing to each other's scope instead of stepping on each other or building uh, conflicts. So the approach is as a summary proper sequencing and scheduling those activities okay. in a proper manner. Okay, I think it,
0: I can see how complex that can be, particularly if we're working on a program which covers many teams, each fo- focusing on the road roadmaps. absolutely. Are there any other types of risks that you've come across, uh, Sander, on, in your um, projects?
1: Yeah, there are a lot of uh, different uh, risks in different categories. So uh, scope risk is also something that may occur. This is related with the scope creep because uh, maybe the change of the scope uh, may occur during the development or once the scope is uh, locked, but uh, we're agile team, we need to uh, be flexible and adaptable. And uh, as new information are coming, uh, maybe that risk uh, may be opportunity for us and we'll need to, to handle that.
0: Okay, yeah. Yeah, many, many things to think about on, on risks. If I may, I'd now like to move on to the, the final of our four topics, which is quality. So it's a, it's a big topic in its own right. It's um, one thing to be able to manage these risks and deliver. But if the quality is not there in the product, it really doesn't, it's not going to be successful. So um, Vicky, tell me how you go about managing quality in your program to just reassure yourself that what you will be delivering will be great software
2: Yeah, the the first thing is always to talk with the team and to set your standards To what what you are aiming to have at the end the talks that I have had with my teams was mostly Do we want to be a support team or do we want to build a great product and be proud of ourselves? Because it helps us with the two things one the motivated team and they are doing creative work. And the other way is that we are having a very well functioning product at the end. Um, to be able to gain those kind of things, to have almost bug free software, is that the process that you have to start from the development point of view. You have to also write unit tests, which can be for the back end and front end. But also, you have to write an integration tests, and then you are leaving it up to your quality analyst member of your team. Or if you have more quality analysts, it's okay so they will um, combine everything at the end with the end-to-end scenarios, automated tests. So when you have the whole process defined and you have um, defined your standards that you are aiming together with the code quality and the quality, uh, quality product tested very well by the developers and the QA is something that will give you more success. It can be consuming from the beginning, it can take more time and more effort from the developers and from everyone in the team, but you will harvest those seeds that you have put more effort at the beginning after six months when you are, let's say, when you are releasing your product to market, because you won't have any support tickets or much bugs that you will need to take
0: care of. I think that's a, a really good point. It, it's, uh, it's one thing to bash out some code quickly, but uh, it's got to be a good quality. Um, people have to think long-term, it's products we're building at the end of the day. So, um, Victor, what sort of, um, testing or types of testing do you look for in in the projects that you're managing to reassure you that the quality will be there, there at the end of the day
3: well um from our standpoint we usually uh, how we are defining the quality assurance which are the processes which will support us to get where we want to go it starts with the development part so we want to make sure that into the very first line of code, we are integrating uh, unit tests, integration tests, contract tests in case the scenario requires us to do so. So everything is covered from development standpoint and afterwards from our quality assurance engineers to cover as much as possible with automation tests so that we can have seamless experience moving forward and not looking back of what is done so that we can only focus on further developing new functionalities and new features. Uh, Of course, there are multiple types of testing which can be applicable. Uh, We want to make sure that we are up to the industry standards. So by doing performance testing, penetration testing, so that we can assure that we are also to the security standards, whether they are standards that we impose as a team or standards coming from external legislative body or from the clients so every type of testing that we are doing it's in compliance with what we want to achieve and the objectives but also fast moving forward without compromising the quality so solely the focus on the quality assurance is how we can improve those processes and which types of testing can help us get there
0: yeah i guess there's there's a lot of different types of testing we can cover and one you just touched upon there was uh, around security, se- creating secure applications. Obviously, that's quite a hot hot topic these days. So, Sander, how, how do you um, help create a mindset within your teams to, for people to be thinking about uh, security within the software they're writing?
1: Yeah, um, we're creating software that uh, needs to be secure and uh, high vulnerabilities to be... Uh, prevented or if occurs to be uh, immediately fixed but uh, in order to prevent that happen uh, we are uh, using uh, uh, some tools that uh, are incorporated in the deployment and uh, once the code is checked that is secured with these tools uh, the developers are uh, sure that uh, once that is deployed it won't break anything and it will be secure so it's really important to set the mindset uh, in, uh, in the team members that uh, the security is important and what will be uh, the effect if uh, the code is not secure or the
0: application. Okay, so I guess from the developer's point of view, the earlier they know when they make a mistake in their code and they write something that's not secure, the, the, the earlier they will they, they will remember what they've done and they will be able to fix it. So we, we shorten that uh, uh, bug fix um, cycle as much as possible, and they get to really understand what they need to do to build secure software. So, absolutely. Um, so, Vicky, um, what other sort of um, quality aspects do you think should be thought about in a project?
2: Yeah, uh, we have a different ones, as some was mentioned in this talk, are, but also the things that we can integrate to our pipelines, the code coverage, how much of the, your code is covered by the test from the developer's perspective, how your infra is secure you can have also the infra test to be able uh, to make sure that everything on those site is also mm-hmm. as expected you can uh, we also are using and we are practicing with the different tools before the code goes uh, goes to the main branch before the code is committed to check whether the, everything is covered if there is any vulnerability mm-hmm. before everything goes builded on the deployed to the to the pipelines and et cetera stuff so mm-hmm. we are starting from the step 1 and um, those metrics have been have been defined by the team at the beginning, and just trying to practice all those all those things. but um also we can we can use the load testings just to be able to um to confirm that our software product is a performant, uh, also doing the more performance testing to be sure that the whole scenarios are performing as expected.
0: I see. okay. there's there's lots of there's lots to think about there. performance, scalability all those sorts of things and utilizing tools can really help us understand where we are and improve the product as we go forward. Victor, have you got anything else to, to add on around quality that you think should be considered?
3: Well, uh, I gave it a thought. So basically in the planning process, what is really helpful because we usually, we want to shape the mindset around quality and quality comes at a cost but also there is a cost of conformity basically executing all the quality aspects so that we can reach our goal of assuring quality product but also there is a cost of non-conformity which is usually quite higher cost because when you are not delivering between those quality standards and within that conformity then you're risking um uh you're risking delivering not so quality product you're risking uh bad user experience you're risking the vote of confidence which the users gave you so all of those costs are cost of non-conformity and usually are quite higher cost than the cost of conformity so benchmarking those within the quality within the quality planning process will usually shape the right perspective to see actually how costly later on something can be Uh, when not embedded properly and when not planned accordingly and executed accordingly. So shaping those mindset around that perspective is something which I would also like to add up as an experience which have proven right for me at least.
0: That sounds really interesting because there's often a lot of pressure to deliver Mm -hmm. and if you're able to, to produce the data and the information to show how much more it would cost ultimately Mm -hmm. to produce the product. If if quality was compromised, that should help to win any argument there may be about spending the time to get quality right. So I think we've covered a number of the four, four of the main areas for helping to deliver great quality software on time. So we've talked about scope, we've talked about people, we've talked about risk management, and we've talked about quality. So I think we've we've covered all the areas that we want to uh, today. So I'd like to thank you for uh, watching uh, and listening. I'd like to thank my colleagues here for participating in this Tech Talk. And um, if you'd like to find out any further information or you'd like to reach out to me, please do so on, on LinkedIn or through the company's website. So thank you for me as well for, for joining us.